up. It's going to be a good morning. Are you ready for the Word? Yeah? All right. Why don't we just pray? Father, we thank You that Your Word does not return void. We thank You that Your Word is powerful. It is alive. It is active, God. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And we ask You today, Lord, that Your Word would come and penetrate our hearts, God. Father, that these would not be words that I speak, but it would be Your Word, Lord, going out and, and touching hearts this morning. Lord, that you would challenge us where we need to be challenged, that you would inspire us where we need some encouragement this morning, Lord. And Father, more than anything, that your Holy Spirit would come and just refresh us, renew us this morning, restore us as your word is preached, that you bring restoration, you bring refreshing. I thank you, Father, for every person here this morning. Fill us today with your presence, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, let's thank the worship team. So good. You guys are awesome. They always bring the presence. Love it. Well, we are in a series at the moment called Heartbeat, which really we're just talking about like what heartbeat is? What does God's heart beat for? What, what does He want our heartbeat, our heart to beat for? And um, today we're looking at a heart for the church because you know what? God loves the church. God has a heart for the church. In fact, it's the only thing that God said He would build is His church. And you know, sometimes we can get into the thinking pattern where we think, oh, church is just something I attend on a Sunday. It's a building that I go to. It's, a, it's you know, something that I go to on a Sunday. But actually, the church, church is us. It's me. It's you. It's us together. And it's us on mission every single day. Church is not just about Sunday. Or Saturday, if you're Seventh-day Adventist. <laughs> church is every day. Church is us. We are the church. The church is every believer in all of our locations across Sydney, every day of the week, being Jesus' ambassador, his representative, his light in the darkness. You know, whoever we interact with, wherever we go, you are the church. You are the church. Everyone say, I am the church. And together, we as the church, as individuals and as a corporate body, we can impact individuals in our lives and this city. Do you believe it? We can make a difference. You know, church can be so much less than what Jesus purposed though, right? Like we can really get into that thing where we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to church. It's just what we do on a Sunday. And we forget that we're meant to be the church throughout the week. Um, so today we just want to unpackage that idea of his heart beating for the church, which is you and me and us. So point number one, the church is building. Not the church is a building, but the church is building. The church is not about a physical building but the church is building focused because Jesus is into building his church. He is into building his church. He is into us growing and expanding both 
in our own lives, growing as a person in him, in relationship with him, in knowledge, in maturity, sanctification. All right, he's interested in that, but he's also interested in us corporately growing, more people coming in and joining the body of Christ, the church. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I want to tell you today that you are whoever you are, and you are a rock, and God wants to build his church upon you. He wants to build you as the church. And no matter what the devil throws at you, Jesus has already won. Jesus has the victory in your life, in every situation. I love just even that theme flowing through this morning. Jesus is the answer. Everything we need is in him. Amen. Jesus's purpose and his plan has always been the church, us. It's always been about us. And we need to remember it's his church. It's his church. He is building his church. We're part of it. He uses us. He wants us to partner with him, but he builds his church. He builds it through people. So in Acts 2, for example, Peter was the first to preach the gospel and see people saved. And from that moment, the church was established. From there, they began to meet as church body. And the church is Christ's expression and presence here on earth today. So that means that when you go out into your week, you are Christ's expression and his presence here on the earth today. When we gather on a Sunday, we are Christ's expression and his presence to the people of Penrith, to to this city, to this nation of, of Jesus on earth today. It's pretty cool, right? Big responsibility there. Are we up for it? Some. David is. Great. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Jesus is actively growing the church externally and internally. He wants the church to grow in size and strength. All right? Like Jesus is not concerned about numbers and how many people are meeting and all that sort of thing, but he is at the same time because he wants us to grow. He wants more people to be coming in and to be growing in size and strength. His heart is that the church will continue to grow and expand by seeing more people come to know him, come into relationship with him. And obviously, once people are saved, once we make that decision and say, yes, I want to receive Jesus today, maybe you're sitting here today and you've never made that decision. You don't actually have a personal relationship with Jesus. I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of the service to say yes to Jesus. And his desire, it's like when I meet someone for the first time, you know, I met Liv for the first time, and then over the years, we've hung out together and we've gotten to know each other and our relationship has grown and developed. And that's what God wants for us, that we would not just say, okay, yep, Jesus, yep, I'll, I'll, you know, get to know you, no worries, great. And then you kind of go on your merry way. He wants us to grow in relationship with him every day until the day we die. Really, we're always growing in our relationship with him, getting to know him more. Um, Ephesians 4, 11 to 16, it says, so Christ gave himself, sorry, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up 
until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We are the body of Christ. He is the head and we are his body, and each one of us has a special part to play in this life. There are people that you know that I don't know, that you can reach, that I can't reach. There are things that you can do, gifts that you have that I don't have, because God has gifted us all in a different way, just like the hand has a different function to the thigh, you know. we It's the same in the body of Christ. And, and to, to make the body work, together we all need to do our part we all need to work together amen Jesus is actively and intentionally building up his church in the following ways he's building the church through chosen and gifted people so the apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers and you might be sitting there thinking oh I don't even know like what my gift is or if I have one of those gifts but actually we do like God has gifted us all with spiritual gifts. And we have a thing called Next Step and Next Step Pathway. And as part of that pathway, we'll be kicking that off soon. And part of that pathway, one of the the sessions is that you actually do a spiritual gifts test and you work out what is my test, my my gifting? What, What has God gifted me with that I can use in the church to bless the body of Christ, to, you know, in my workplace, in my day, my my community. What has God gifted me with? So I encourage you to keep an ear out for that. The church is also built up as each person or each part of the body does its work. The truth is, church, sometimes I think that we would like to believe that we say yes to Jesus and then we just sit and wait for that day when he comes back. And it's like, hallelujah, now we get to go to heaven. But actually, unfortunately, I think unfortunately, no, it's a good thing. We've got work to do. God has actually given us work to do. We are called here on earth to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to be the body of Christ, to be the church day in and day out. There is work to do and we need all of us together, all of us doing the work. And and just as much as, you know, like I said, we all have different gifts and, and God needs each of us to operate in those gifts. The same thing goes like on a Sunday when we do actually have a service. You know, why do we have a service? We gather together to be a light on the hill. We gather together to encourage one another and to, to, um, to come corporately together to worship God. And we come together to hear his word preached. And, and it's a powerful thing when we gather together. But it does take work. 
And so we need team. We need every person to say, you know what? I'll, I'll put my hand up. I'll, I'll do my bit. You know, it might just be standing on a door saying hi to someone or it might be sitting in the back on the lyrics and pressing a little button so that things come up on the screen. You know, it might be that you've gifted and you can play in the worship team. It might be that you can help out in kids or whatever. But each one of us, to be a functioning body, we've got to do our part. So what's your part? And I actually want to invite Lynn to come. She's just going to share with us a little story, well, not a story, but basically a testimony, really, of their family. So Phil and Lynn actually used to run the church here for about 15, 17, 17 years. They were the pastors here, and they're still here. That's pretty amazing. Um, and she's just going to share with us about team and their family. Thank you, Jody. Um, there's two scriptures that my family have lived on our whole life. The first one is Psalm 84.10. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper. You know that job you just said of standing at the door saying hello. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. And Joshua 24.15. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I have been serving since I was 16. Um, I've served just about in every role, but uh, a lot in music and as a pastor's wife and I've swept the floor. (laughs) If that's what needs, I've done it. Um, When we first got married, uh, we moved to Penrith and so we had to leave our beautiful church in the mountains where we'd served as teenagers in the music team. And we went to a big church in Penrith, probably the biggest Pentecostal church in Penrith, and we walked in the door thinking, you know, we're just married this is going to be cool, sit here and not do anything. Little did we know that the music director at the time was leaving to move away and they had their eye on somebody to take over and and when Phil and I walked in the door, that was it. And um, we were music directors there for about 10 years and I was pregnant very soon after we got married. I, I was pregnant with Sarah and when she was born, I can remember, um, I used to play on the grand piano at that church and she was in a basket under the piano. Um, notice what she does now. <laughs> she plays the piano. Um, and uh, Phil and I were both in the music team. We were directing there. And there were three services at that church. So we would be at every service directing the music. Um, we were there. And then C3 started here and we had a friend. And we'd finished our ministry as music directors there. And we thought, you know what? We had four kids. Ben was a baby. We thought, we'll just come to C3 and put our feet up. (laughs) Such a bad thing to say. Um, And when we came here, little did we realise that, oh, there was a huge team from Oxford Falls on that first night. And there was like maybe three couples who were locals. And they had been praying for months. Can you guess it? That someone that was there on the first night would eventually take over as pastor. And this was a new model for them. We didn't know that. A new model. They were going to find a local person. And we were there on the first night. So we were trained for a year by Mark Saundercock and then we took over. And I tell you what, you don't get paid full-time, you get paid part-time and I worked full-time as a teacher. And we had four kids and for 17 years we served in this church. And and I would rather do that than be in the courts, in the tents of the wicked. Um, We did everything, you know, if, if people stopped serving in children's church, I'd go out there. If people 
you know, we needed a ladies leader, I'd, we'd do it. We just had to feel it because that's, that's what we do. That's what we love doing. And our children grew up um, learning about teamwork and learning about being there for each other and they started in the music ministry very early and um, three of my girls now serve in different... Like Sarah serves here. Um, my girl Shelley and Tim, they're worship pastors in New Zealand and my girl Heidi and her husband Chad are in San Diego and they, wor they worship on the music team. So it's just such a blessing to be worshipping. The only time we stopped was the first time we handed our church on to Dave Barter, who got saved here under our ministry, and we were told we had to give it a break so he could have a chance to start his ministry. We were even, they even said, you might have to leave the church because, you know, it might not work. Oh, my gosh, my heart was just breaking. So we gave him a... We, we went to Silverwater for a while and we gave him a chance and then we were allowed to come back <laughs> and because we, we just wanted to support Dave, you know, 17 years and we just wanted to be here for him. And then... Um, the other time we had to stop was when my granddaughter, Evie, I know a lot of you are new, so she got sick with cancer when she was two years old and our whole family was sideswiped. Um, we had to stop because we had to go to hospital and we, ha and we hated it. We hated not having our life and, and the enemy taking that away from us for that time. But um, we're back. <laughs> We're back. It's been a sad, hard time, but we're back. And I would rather be doing this than anything else. And if you want to learn about other people, you serve in the troops, in the trenches alongside them. You do whatever it takes. I'm on two teams at the moment. I'm on kids and I'm on music. Probably would rather be on one. But, hey, if everyone in here served, you know, if everyone in the body serves, we can do that together. And while there's a need, I would rather be here doing that. So, guys, get alongside us be a team and, and work in the trenches together. So good. And I, I just love that, you know, what, what a hard, awful thing to face for your granddaughter, your baby girl, to go through that journey and to, to lose her. Well, you haven't lost her. We know she's in heaven, but we have lost her here on earth. And yet they're still all serving. Their hearts are not bitter. Their hearts are not... You know, well, stuff you, God, stuff the church. I'm sure there have been moments like that. <laughs> it's good to be real. God's a big God. He can take it. But they're here and they're serving and they're, they're part of this. And we, and we know that they've, they're just all about the church because they are the church. They have a revelation that we are the church. I am the church. We want to honour you guys this morning and thank you. You're amazing. Let's, let's give them another hand. Beautiful. And, you know, I love as well that, like, the start of last year, Sarah's other daughter, Leash, who is a very confident young lady, I <laughs> love her to bits, she was um, finding kids' church a little bit boring. That's okay, you know, we all have those moments. And um, I love that Lynn and Sarah, they came to me and they were like, Pastor Jody, could we get in there and help? Could we, like, bring something to help shape it up a bit and, you know, give it a bit of whatever? And I'm like, yes, that would be amazing. Because you know what a lot of us do? We, go, we complain. We see a problem and we complain and we think, oh, that should be so much better. Or, you know, whatever. Or maybe leave the church because something's not right or whatever it might be. But actually, as the church, we should be part of the answer. We should be, if we see a problem, and you know what? We're not perfect. 
we are not perfect. The church is not perfect because we are human. But as the church, we can be part of the answer. We can bring the solution. And, you know, I want to encourage you this morning that, you know, sometimes we can look at, um, you know, something and go, oh, my goodness, the pastors should be doing that or my connect leader should be doing this or that or I can't believe that they have let that go or that they're not doing this or that for that person or whatever. And sometimes we can be a little bit naughty and we can go and we can say, listen, I'm just bringing you this because I know the pastors should be doing it but I thought I would just do it because I know they're not doing their job or, you know, I know... Connect leaders should really have like been doing this and stepping up in this area, but I know they haven't, so I'm just going to do it. But you know what? That's a very divisive spirit, and it's not the spirit of Jesus. It's not what Jesus would want us to do. And the better way is actually to go, you know what? Oh, Jody and Tim, you should have looked after that person better. Maybe you think that in your head. That's okay. We're not perfect. We're going to mess up. We have. We will. I can assure you of that. But maybe you see a gap or you see something that should have been done. So what you do instead is you go to that person and you fill that gap and you say, this is from the church because you understand that you are the church. You go with an attitude of this is from the church. I want to, the church wants to bless you because I am the church and I am blessing you. And then that person is left going, wow, the church is awesome. Jesus is awesome. The body of Christ is awesome. So if we all had that kind of attitude, right, if we all had that kind of unity, God commands his blessing upon unity. So when we're all saying, you know what, I am the church and I'm going to go and be the church everywhere I walk, everywhere I go, I am the church God will command blessing and unity upon that. And people from who aren't part of the church will look and go, wow, if that is what the church is like, I want in. Amen? Amen. You know, in, um, in Exodus 17, it, there's a, t- a story about Moses and, and the Israelites and they're fighting the Amalekites. The Amalekites. And, and as... Um, as the battle went on, Moses' arms grew tired. It was basically as his arms were lifted high, they were winning the battle. But as he grew weary, his arms would start to drop and then they would lose the battle. And so what happened was a couple of people came and stood by Moses' side and lifted his arms for him. And you know what the truth is? Your pastors, your connect leaders, people in the church, we grow tired and weary, right? And so we need to come alongside each other as the body of Christ and hold each other's arms up, hold each other's arms high, support one another in unity. And I tell you, as we do that, we will win the battle. It's as our as we grow weary and as we grow tired that we start to get defeated by the enemy. The enemy's arrows come and it's harder to take it. But as we understand that we're a body and we're in this together and we've all got a part to play and we can lift one another's arms up and we can stand in the gap for each other, as we see that and we understand and get a revelation of that, we will win this battle together as one in unity, as the body of Christ. Are you with me? Amen. You know, I love that straight after, well, in the Bible, I'm not even sure chronologically, maybe Pastor Phil can 
Philip, but in the Bible straight after that, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, visits him and sees all that he's doing and says, this is not good that you're doing all of this on your own. You're going to wear yourself out. And he gives some advice and he says, you know, get some to lead this many people, get some to lead that many people. Start to give people responsibilities and leadership over different numbers. And I love that such wise, wise advice. And it brings me to point number two, that the church is community. And one of the best ways to find community is through our connect groups. And how amazing that today is connect group sign up Sunday. <laughs> There's a verse in Ephesians 20, 21. Sorry, Ephesians 2, 20 to 21. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. The church is the community of Christians. Its church is not just a service to attend on a Sunday, but rather it's a community to belong to. Like the idea is that we don't just come in here on a Sunday, sit on our own or, you know, maybe next to someone awkwardly that you haven't met before. I feel it's not your wife or husband. <laughs> but, you know, that we, that we come in here, we kind of just go through the motions and then we go home and go, oh, well, that was lovely. But the idea is that we actually come in here And we have awkward conversations with people we've never met before. And we suddenly realise that we have something in common. Maybe it's just Jesus. Maybe it's the awkward conversation. Maybe it's that we both like bike riding or we both like to go out for coffee or movies or I don't know, whatever. Whatever. (laughs) But we we find community. We find friendship. And, you know, I've heard people say, like, oh, yeah, but I don't need to go to a connect group because I've got plenty of friends outside of church. That's awesome. But you know what? You could invite those friends to your connect group. Or you could, like, the other thing is that connect group is a place where we, we can stand with one another in those tough times. It is great and important that we have friends who don't know Jesus. I, I think if we don't know anyone who doesn't know Jesus, then we need to get out there and meet someone who doesn't know Jesus and, you know, be the light to them. But connect groups and and church community is a place where we can sharpen one another and we can grow together and we can, you can go, you know what, I'm going through the toughest time of my life and I need someone to stand with me and pray with me and believe with me. That's what church and community is about. You know, our connect groups also, it's, it's our connect leaders helping you find your next step, going, hey, you've been coming to church for a while now. Like, what's the next thing for you? How can we get you serving on a team or meeting more people or how can we get you involved more using those gifts that God has given you? Or maybe it's your connect leader or someone in your connect group sort of, you know, going, hey, you know, they've got a bit of relationship now and you can kind of go, you know, that that little issue in your life, like, can I pray with you about that? Let, let, let's believe that God can see you heal from that or set free from that. You know, we can sharpen one another. The Bible talks about us being like iron sharpening one another and helping each other grow, helping each other 
in our walk with God and becoming more and more like Jesus because that is the goal. And the truth is we all have blind spots. We all have areas that maybe we can't see about ourselves, but someone else can bring that in relationship. (laughs) Don't just go up to someone random and tell them what their blind spot is. So today, if you're not in a connect group, can I encourage you to seek someone out that's wearing a yellow lanyard at the end of the service or just someone who looks like they know what they're talking about and, um, and you know, have a chat to them about the different groups, you know, or maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking, I could run a connect group. You know, Tim and I would love to have an alpha connect group. It's so easy to run. You just actually watch a video, a DVD for like 20 minutes and then in small groups, you kind of chat about what you've just watched and you eat food together. It's like the perfect setup. And the whole idea is it actually goes back to basics on Christianity. And, um, and it's such a great thing to be able to invite people to who don't know Jesus, who've got questions in their hearts. So, you know, maybe you're sitting here today and you think, oh, I could run something like that. You know, you could do it here in the church. If you don't have space in your home, there are so many options. So, Have a think today. Who could you partner with in the church together and run something together so that we can have so many different options for people to come and build community in? Our greatest desire here at C3 SYD is that you will find community and that you'll be able to say, this feels like home. In the book of Hebrews, um, the words let us are used 13 times. Let us describes the church wondrously connected and interacting together. So, for example, we've got Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on in love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, (laughs) but encouraging one another. It's good to see you here more and more as we see the day approaching. Together, we can encourage one another in our faith. We can spur one another on as um, to love and good deeds every time we meet, whether that's in a connect group or in a service. And as much as the church is a community of tight-knit believers and followers. We never, ever, ever want to be exclusive. Amen? We never want people to walk into this place. And hopefully, if this is your first time today, you haven't felt this. But we don't want people to walk in and think, oh, my gosh, they're very rude here or it's very clicky here or they're very exclusive here. That is not our heart. Actually, it's been said of this church, Penrith, here, that it's very hard to walk out the door without being talking to someone. It's hard to, if you have to escape quickly, leave before the service ends. (laughs) Just joke, stay, stay, have a coffee. (laughs) But you know, we've got some sayings here and they're not just sayings, it's what we want our heartbeat to be and who we are. We love guests. Every person matters. Everyone matters. Don't let someone sit alone. Even if you feel weird and awkward, go and say hello and say, is it all right if I sit with you? Um, Don't just come to church for you. Come for others. Bring others with you. Jump on team. Serve one service one week. Sit a service the week after. Some of you are serving every week. God bless you. (laughs) 
We're called not just to spectate, but to participate. We're not just called to receive, but we're called to give. And actually, you know what? I don't know if it's just me or if it's like actually how God's created us, but I I love receiving gifts. Like if anyone wants to give me a gift, I am open to receiving. I could give you a list of what to give me if you wanted. No, just jokes. But you know what? I love it. But there's actually something so much more wonderful about giving. Like, I just love it when I give a gift to someone and they, you just see the joy on their face, you know? And I think it's how God's wired us, that, that actually He's wired us that it's better to give than to receive. But it's also good to receive. <laughs> Come every week, every service, every fortnight or month or whatever to connect group. We have to defy the trend of infrequent church attendance in the Western world. Will you stand with us and defy the trend of once a month attendance? Let's come every week. Let's gather together and make this the thing that we do and bring someone with us. Yeah. Amen. So point number three, the church is salt and light. Matthew 5, 13 to 16, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So the church gathers here on a Sunday as a city on a hill and then we go out into our community, into our week, into our, our lives as the salt of the earth. The church gathers a city on a hill, it is huge and it cannot be missed. Its impact is felt, right? We, it is our desire that as we gather, that we would be like that city on a hill, that we would be that, that light that shines, that people of Penrith would, would be like, wow, this place is incredible. I want to be part of that. We gather in larger settings like this and also obviously in our smaller settings like Connect Group that we've talked about. Unfortunately, lots of people, lots of churches stop at that point. But actually, God has called us to go and to be the salt, bringing flavor to people in your world. Salt brings flavor and preservation. As the church goes into the community and the marketplace, they bring the flavor of Christ, the flavor of the kingdom and the preservation of the gospel. We are the church every day, everywhere we go, with everyone that we meet. And you know, um, uh, a pastor in Brisbane who Tim and I used to work with in Adelaide, I know we've been everywhere, but he he put this thing up, he does this like pastor's blog and he sent this thing, I'm just going to read it quickly to you, but he's talking about when he sends the 70, he sends, Jesus sends out the 70 disciples, right? And he says, go into all the world. And Jesus gives four keys on how to go. So I want to quickly read them because I think they're quite practical and good. He says, when you enter a house, say, peace be with you. So key number one, be a peacemaker. Don't always be looking for someone's faults. That's a good start, isn't it? (laughs) 
Uh, Jesus says, remain in the house. Key number two, we need to build relationships. We need to use the same hairdressers, petrol stations, cafes, gyms, hangouts, and just build friendships with people. So just a practical example of that, I was going down to Thor's Cafe downstairs in the high street, literally just to build relationship with Michael down there who was running the cafe, and he's closed down. So now I'm going across the road to Mr. Watkins' cafe, and the girl said to me, oh, you're becoming one of my regulars, and I literally only go once a week, like that's... That's as regular as I am at the moment. But it's amazing how when you do go to the same place, you start to build relationship and you start to have little chats. And I went there with Sarah the other day and she was able to talk to this girl because she'd given her coffee grounds for her plants and they were <laughs> this great conversation. So as you start to go to these places, you will build relationship and friendship. You'll get to know them and your chance will come to be able to tell them about Jesus and kingdom ways. Um, Jesus said, bind the broken. Key number three, when you've been with someone building relationship, it's not long before they show you their brokenness and they trust you with it. Or they tell you something that's going on in their world or some issue that they've got or whatever. This is the time to do something, not just say something. Jesus said, bind the broken. That is an action. So what can I do for this person? Holy Spirit, show me what can I do to help this person. And then Jesus says, tell them the kingdom of God is near you. Key number four, when we are a blessing, when we build genuine relationships, when we bind up people's wounds, it won't be long until we can bring the message of the kingdom to them. We might not win everyone, but the law of genuine love will always work. Isn't that great? Salt of the earth. We are the church. We are the body of Christ called to bring Jesus everywhere we go. And you know, the truth is, church, that all of this has got to be out of relationship with Jesus. If we try and do it in our own strength or we try and manufacture or strive, it will only feel awkward, we'll get tired, we'll get burnt out. But when we are in close, intimate relationship with Jesus, that's where it just naturally flows out of that. It naturally flows. And, and the key is being filled with the Holy Spirit. We, when we have the Holy Spirit and we're walking in step with Him, He will speak to us about who we can help and who we can do something for and what to do for that person. So I want to encourage you today. This is not a message where we kind of go out and go, oh my gosh, I have to be the church. Oh my gosh, I am the church. Oh my gosh, I have to like be the body of Christ. Like, oh, how do I do all the parts, you know? But we're not. We're just one part doing our bit in the life God's given us through the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit out of relationship with Father God.